Hey everybody, welcome back to Encouraging Experience Podcast, a ministry of Experience Church in Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host, Dave Garza, and I'm real happy to have you here and happy to have you listening. We're real excited to bring you another episode of our sermon series. And today we're going to be talking about what it means to never give up. And the things that we face and some key points that it's going to take for us not to give up and ways that we can strive and push forward towards the ultimate goal of well done, good and faithful servant. So as I was in my studies, I was in Second Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians states that before the Antichrist is revealed, there will first be a falling away. Matthew Henry, who's known for much of his commentary in the late 1600s and early 1700s, he gives an explanation of the falling away. He says, there will be a falling away from sound doctrine, true worship, and holy living. And today, I would like to present the attitude that you must have to not be numbered with those who fall away, but of those who hold fast. So again, the title for this message is, A Never Give Up Believer. And as a servant for almost 18 years now coming up in March, I've had the privilege of pastoring many Christians who finish their race in life with faith in their hearts, fire in their bones, and heaven in their reach. And here are some of the keys that it will take to be a never-give-up believer. you got to have a serve-him-no-matter-what attitude. And what does that look like? We can take an example of what Job says here in chapter 13, verse 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. So for us to be a never give up believer, we must come to the place in our lives where we say, I'm going to serve God no matter what. In Job's life, this meant three things. One, it meant I will serve God even if life seems to be going against me. It is easy to serve God when everything else seems to be going well, but true faith, true faith rises when it's tested. To serve God on the top of the mountain, that's good. But to serve God in the midst of the valley is even better. Secondly, you have to tell yourself, I will serve him with or without encouragement from others. Should we be getting it? Yes, we are instructed to encourage one another. But let's be honest, that doesn't always happen. So we have to serve him with or without that encouragement from others. Some people seem to need others to continually cheer them on while they're in their walk with God. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Affirmation is is a good thing. But sometimes we must stand alone and say, just like Joshua, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And thirdly, I will serve him even when I don't understand everything that he is doing. Because I'll be honest with you guys, 99% of the time I have no idea what God has in store. But we still have to serve him even when we don't understand. See, Abraham went out not knowing where he was going and became the father of the faithful. If you have to know why you were building arcs, you will never build any. I mean... Isn't that the truth? If you knew the whole story and the whole journey of what you were going to go through, let's be honest, would you have done it? Probably not. So it is when you don't understand the plan and purpose that you build your greatest works for God. Noah wasn't real sure, but he knew that God had a plan for him. Abraham wasn't sure, 
but he knew that God had a plan for him. We must be the remnant. And if you don't understand that, we get that out of 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 18. It says, Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. According to 1 Kings 19, Elijah thought that the nation of Israel had totally departed from God. But God informed Elijah that he had left for himself 7,000 people who would serve and honor him. Those 7,000 were God's remnant. Elijah thought he was at the place where he was the only one who had not given in to the world. But God revealed to him there were 7,000 who wouldn't bow. Today, it's the same thing. To be a part of the remnant, you must decide these things. That no matter how evil the world is, I will choose to live a holy life to God. God has always had a people in every generation who, having done all to stand, will stand. If God is for us, it doesn't matter what's against us. Elisha's servant only saw the enemy, but Elijah saw God. Too many times we focus on the problem when we need to see the solution. A few points is we must have Peter's confidence. In reading that, where do we find that? If you look in John chapter 6, verse 66 and 68 through 68, it says, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. God has the words of eternal life. For you to be a never-give-up believer, your confidence can't be in yourself or in others. It must be a confidence in the word of God. See. Peter had that confidence. When you read that, if you look in, in, into the way he was saying that, he wasn't questioning God. It was rhetorical. He's saying, where else are we going to go? What else could provide what you can provide, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. So that's how he was saying it. He had such confidence in God and in the word of God that he was. it was almost... I, I feel like that when he's saying it, he's like, well, what else are we going to do? Where else are we going to go? There is nothing else. There is nothing greater than what you're already giving us. So to whom else would we turn? That's confidence. He had that confidence that God's word was all that he needed. And you must be sure. See, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, says Romans 10, 17. See, I like the story of the atheist telling the little boy he would give him a dollar if he would show him where God was. The little boy said, I will give you two dollars if you can show me where God isn't. Faith that he is everywhere. See, that little boy knew. I love that. I'm not going to buy into your... I, 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 I am sure. So I'll give you two dollars. If you can show me where he's not. Because see, God's hand is in everything. And the little boy was sure of it. We must be sure. See, we can read in Paul's declaration in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 10, where he says, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. 
We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Praise God for that declaration that Paul writes. Wow. I mean, just digging into that. He starts off by saying, we now have this light shining in our hearts. We have this. When we accept Jesus, that light is shining in our hearts. So we have to declare that we have this light in, inside of us. This makes it clear. He says that our great power is from God and not of ourselves. It says that we are pressed on every side, every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down. And I love this. Remember this. Underline this. Verse 9. But never abandoned by God. Praise God. We have to have that declaration attitude that Paul had in this. We have to. See, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed is what Paul said. And it doesn't matter what you're going through, but that you're going through it. Do you understand that? If you're going through it, the enemy's attacking you. The enemy doesn't attack people that are already on his side. He attacks those who are on the opposite side. So if he's coming at you and you're troubled on every side and you're, you've got the, these issues going on in your life, it's not a problem we need to focus on. We should be joyful that we're going through it. As he said, we are perplexed, but not in despair. We are in difficult situations, but I can tell you now that everything is going to be all right. Because if we have Jesus and if we hold that declaration to our hearts, we know that we're going to reach heaven. He also says that we're hunted down but never abandoned. Praise God. He will never leave us or forsake us. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and we have to hold on to that. It also says we're knocked down but not destroyed. The secret to being a never-give-up believer is getting up one more time then you've been knocked down. If you're being knocked down right now, I encourage you, get. Because you have to get up. You have to keep pushing forward. And you can't be blaming God. You have to know that that's the enemy coming at you. But as you rise from that fall, as you rise against these problems, as you come out of that beating, that metaphorical kick down and knock down that the world hands you, that's God lifting you up. In order to be a never give up believer, we also have to be worshipers in the spirit, is John. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 9 and 10 says, I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom, and in the patient endurance to which, and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us, I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. It was the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the spirit. Suddenly, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It is not by might, nor by power, 
But by my spirit, saith the Lord in John 4.23. But the time is coming indeed, it's here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, the Father is looking for those who will worship for him in that way. You hear that? That the Father, that God is looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. So we must worship, be worshipers in our spirit. The true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. So we know that these are the things that we need to do. These are the key points. So what will it take for you to be convinced and be encouraged to be a never give up believer? You need to be like Job that says, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. To be remnant people and say, I will not bow down to this world. To be like Peter and confident. Where else could we go but to the Lord? To whom are we going to go? You got to have that confidence to where you can, you can boldly say, you can't break my faith because there's nowhere else to go. There's nothing stronger than the word of God. There's nothing greater than the power that he put inside of me. So as the world kicks me and knocks me down, I'm going to have that confidence that Peter had in that statement. Where else could we go but to the Lord? Or be like Paul and declare we have this treasure. This treasure that he's given us. That we face all of these things and that we're knocked down, but he never abandons us. That is a treasure. There is no treasure greater than knowing that God is with you. No matter what. Or be like John, a worshiper in the spirit and in truth, knowing that God is searching. He is looking for those, wanting to use those who are worshipers in spirit and truth. Those are the keys that are going to help you be a never give up believer. Because those are all reminders from Job, Peter, Paul, John. And we could give so many more examples, but those examples that they set are actions that we need to imitate in our lives and go further with it, go deeper with it, not just do what they did, but to accomplish even more with the Holy Spirit. To never let this world beat us down and turn us away from God. Because when the Antichrist comes, we don't want to be a part of the falling away. A good example is that years ago at McDonald's, I accidentally left my wallet on the food tray and threw it in the trash can. Yeah, really smart moment. And by the time I got back, they had thrown the bags in the dumpster out back. I had just gotten my paycheck. I had just cashed it. So it was into the dumpster I was going. Because I needed that money. See, determination kicked in. And I looked through every bag in the dumpster. And in the last bag, I found my wallet and my money. When I was in the dumpster, I was a never-give-up person. I wasn't coming out without my wallet. If we can be that determined for an earthly thing, how much more should we be determined over eternal things? How much more? We're so quick to get on social media. And if it's inappropriate, if it's if it's something that is not of God, that is not going to please God, we sure will share it on our social media, won't we? But woo, is it twisting an arm just to get you to participate in your church's page? Man, 
If you're that determined to be so wrapped up in earthly things of somebody doing a dance and, and ooh, somebody can do this new trick, but you're not that determined to get the word of God, to get positive, encouraging messages out over social media, man, I think we have a, we have a heart issue. Because there should be nothing more that we want to proclaim and declare other than the love of God every day. We're so quick to have these idols and all of these great things that we want to hurry up and repost. Oh, this is my favorite football player. I'm going to post a meme of him every day. But I can't even share a post from my church. I can't even get on a missions page and share uh, a, an amazing mission that's taking place. Because I'm too wrapped up in earthly things. So we have to be careful. What are we consuming our lives with? See, if we're not consuming it with God, then you're already making a choice to be a give-up believer. But if you're focused, and if you're doing the things and using a few of these key points, there's many more, but these are just a few key points that you can do to be a never-give-up believer. I feel like some of us, whether we know it or not, we've already made that choice. We've already given up. We've already sold out. We've already decided that we're going to we're going to monetize the gospel and we're going to we're going to use all of these evil things for our benefit and we're going to profit off of it by our clicks and our likes and the things that we engage in on social media. And the sad part is is we don't even know we're doing it. So I want to encourage you today to be a never give up believer. I want you to be determined with that declaration that Paul had written about. Apply that to your life. Get on your social media and be an influencer to everybody who's on your page. The average person has about a hundred friends. Do you realize that if you put a scripture out once a day, and even if 50 of those friends seen it, it doesn't matter the amount. But the point is, is the impact that that can make, the seed that you're planting. We have to be encouraging each other to be better than what we're being. Because if we're not, then we're just selling out then we're just so wrapped up with earthly things that our determination is for the world, not for God. That's heartbreaking and that's terrifying. So be a never give up believer. Apply these keys today. You can do it. God sees so much more in you. You may think you're not worthy. The amazing thing is, see, when you accepted Jesus, he doesn't remember everything else. It, it, scripture literally tells us that you are made as, as pure and white as snow. Your past is forgiven. You're a new creature. A new creation has come. But what are you going to do with it? Is it just because it sounds cool that we accept it? Or is it because our hearts are truly being led? To be a never-give-up believer. To be willing to stand up and come against the things of the world. To join together as brothers and sisters in Christ to fight the enemy, not each other. We have to give up these earthly things. And we have to be treasure-bound for the treasures of heaven. Because the treasures of earth, you don't get to take those with you. They're meaningless absolutely meaningless. The only thing you're taking with you is your salvation.
and whether or not you have. So I hope today that you were encouraged to be a never give up believer, to stop and think about it. What is it you're putting out? Are you just putting earthly things out there because that's what the world does? Or are you ready to stand out and be that one, that one that can influence the many that have the opportunity to come across to your page or meet you in public or pass you at the store? Are you going to offer a smile and a God bless you? Or are you going to be too worried about the newest trend, the, the, the trend that's not going to save you, that's not going to bring satisfaction? I want to encourage you today to get the heart to be a servant and stand and take action for the kingdom now because the time is near and you don't want to be chopped up with the falling away. So Father God, I, I pray that this message encouraged everyone who hears today to be a never give up believer. To take a stand and say, enough is enough. The world, I've had enough of it. I've had enough of earthly things. We've put so much trust and so much love into these things that will never bring satisfaction and ignore you, God. The only true love of us, the only true satisfaction we will ever receive is your son, is your love, your agape love that can't be bent, manipulated, or molded into something else. It, it is solid as what it is. It'll never change. It'll never waver. It'll never become anything other than what you say it will be. And that is everlasting. That you will always be our Father. That you will always be our God. And that your love will never change for us. Let us be never give up believers so that we can have that encounter with you in the heaven. Let us be that never give up believers so that we can impact even just one heart. If every listener out here even just impacted one person's heart with the word, with your word, Father. Wow, what a change. What, what a beautiful thing to be able to bring your word and your love to somebody who doesn't know it. So God, let us never give up in believing in your love and believing in your promises and believing in your truth and believing in your faithfulness and believing in your grace and your forgiveness. And we could go on and on, Father, but let us never give up. Let us be encouragers of one another. Let us hold each other up so that we can we can be elevated towards your kingdom, not so that we can be elevated in the spotlight of the earth that's going to offer us nothing. Let us seek the satisfaction that only you can offer that will fulfill us instead of chasing satisfactions that are only so temporary and then we're broken, lost, chasing it again, like a dog chasing his tail. Let us catch the tail and find you, God, and find your, your warmth and your love and your embrace. Change our hearts and encourage us to have the determination of Job, to have the declaration faith of Paul, to have the confidence of Peter, and to be worshipers in spirit as John. Thank you, Father. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.